Um, yeah, scoochie goo, whatever that means. Uh, <laughs> welcome, gang, to Backcountry and Barbells. Uh, Joe Shamanic, Jeremy Day, at you again with the, another episode aimed at helping you to train, hunt, and live the best lives possible. Um, if we're doing that, awesome. If we're not, let us know. Um, in the meantime, guys, enjoy your day, and thanks for letting us be part of it. Jeremy, what's up, brother? Oh, nothing much, man. Another day in paradise. So, yeah, I'm going to let you... Getting I'm, excited for the... For the upcoming events we have. I know. we got a good weekend ahead of us. We'll put um, the... I'm going to put three days out there, hopefully. Um, you've got two out there. And, um, you know, we're both we're both of the mindset that, man, if we could do it all in one, that'd be fine, too. Um, <laughs> exactly. But um, I, I will let the folks in. You were three minutes late on the call today. And um, yes. you said... Uh, you said you were having some small talk with Titus. And uh, for folks who don't know, Titus is uh, Jeremy's... Uh, 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 Titus is seven now, correct? Eight. He just turned eight. That's right. I was remember he's just he was a little bit behind Mason. I didn't know because Mason, cool. Uh, Mason's about to turn nine in here in April, but uh, or uh, he might be nine now. He's Mason's third grade. I'm terrible with ages. Uh, I could barely remember birthdays, but we're working through that. But um, I know he's in third grade. <laughs> he's a third grader. My son's a third grader. Titus is second or first. Second grade. Okay, cool. He's a year behind him. Perfect. But yeah. uh, so, but you said you're having some small talk. Uh, what was a, was a small talk with your your six year old at six in the morning revolve around? Uh, football. He <laughs> wanted to know what the scores were last night because he he had to go to bed early. He he ends up he loves watching football with me. So and and Michelle. Very cool. And uh, so we were watching it last night and had to shut it off because he had to go to bed because he's sleeping in our room right now because our oldest is in from college. So very cool. Full yeah. house. You got a full house, huh? Yeah, I got the full house. It's sure, awesome. I'm sure you love it. Uh that game was oh, yeah. that game was a mess. I know that. So uh <laughs> uh rest in peace, <laughs> yeah. Rams. <laughs> um and and we could put the Rams in the you know, the Rams and the Eagles were very exciting teams uh two years ago, um even last year and um this year they're 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 both going <laughs> through their, their struggles and then dang it, that Ravens squad just um murderer's robe man playing with some high energy uh they're playing it seems an old school style of football with a very dynamic quarterback right now um it's fun to watch i mean this time of year like we talked about last week with the crispy weather but you know as college and nfl football heat up it's just a in the holidays and in late season hunting this is just a great time of year man oh yeah i love it it's a it's a blast it's the only week we got the YouTube TV this year so that we could watch football for uh, the three or four months, and then we'll get rid of it. Cool. <laughs> That's the only reason why we get it. No, Otherwise, we don't have TV. It's pretty cool and convenient that with the different streaming systems, you can come in and out of different things and not just be married to some you know, some, some group that's just going to, um, not only hijack your money, but your time. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. Every time they have service calls, they take forever, but I want to stick on the football thing for a minute, but, uh, it was cool too. In our house, football has been an interesting thing because the kids at recess at, at Mason school play it and he's been playing and asking me questions about it. And then, um, he's been asking me to play catch and we've been playing catch and, and teach him how to throw a spiral and all that stuff. And, Nice. Yes, uh, Saturday, I go outside to go play catch with him and play around, and he's out there with um, a bunch of neighborhood co- neighborhood kids playing in the little um, sand lot across from our uh, our home. And man, it reminded me of just being a little kid. It, it, it's cool to watch him do stuff um, that I was doing, 
and uh, it, that that was cool watching him playing playing some Sandlot football with his buddies. Yeah, I miss those days, man. Where it's you know, car, car, car. Everybody gets out of the way. Game That's right. on. That's right. <laughs> That's right. But it's cool. Again, great time of year. A lot happening. A um, lot going on. Um, and today we kind of want to hash out uh, how you can keep things civil um, with your diet and your exercise during this crazy time of year. Because uh, we know you've all been working hard um, hunting and training and, and you've got some good things going on. But goodness, I call um, I call this window between Halloween and New Year's just... It's just chaos, man. You know what I mean? It, it can spiral out of control and go absolutely berserk uh, diet-wise. And, um, you know, I, I think you can wrangle it in with, with certain with certain things, um, certain tips, certain ideas, um, certain concepts. So uh, we'll get into some of that today. Uh, but before we do, Jeremy, also I want to give a shout-out to uh, your boy Pat, uh, Pat Corcoran. Um, over in Kansas, uh, he got, not only did he get a, um, a nice animal down, but, um, last night, uh, I made a great meatloaf with some, uh, Kansas whitetail, sir. Ooh, nice. Oh. Yeah, that Kansas whitetail's good. Yeah, it is. Uh, the, whatever he's doing, um, to keep those deer happy and healthy on, on that property he leases out, um, is beautiful. Um, been really happy, uh. And not only that, not only did I make some meatloaf, um, in camp I'll be bringing um, some camp fuel. Um, he's got uh, some deer jerky and some summer sausage um, that he made. So I'll have that in camp to kind of snack on. But uh, it was pretty cool. Nice. It was pretty cool the trade we worked out. Even on the – and what gave me the idea to put the meatloaf together is he um, he uh, he put out a post that he was trimming up some, uh, some Roosevelt elk uh, for the family. We did uh, – we did some um, we did some wild game meat trading as he came through the area, um, uh, which was pretty cool, man. Did you set that up, or is that something you guys have always done? Uh, no, he kind of just threw out a, hey, I was coming over, going to bring you guys some meat, and then um, I was like, well, I'll give you know, natural thing to do is give him some elk meat. So he was just going to kindly just give it to give us some. So cool. Um, yeah, it's it's great. He um, he said his son is the first time he could ever get his son to eat elk or any kind of meat, um, meat was um, this elk meat. So he says he's just gobbling it up. He can't get enough. He'll <laughs> fire it up. And Pat's just like beside himself. So now the pressure's on, right, Pat? You got to get an elk next year. Yeah, or, or, <laughs> or we got to get one uh, this weekend coming. Uh, yeah. So so we can keep the trade working. So we'll keep that going. No, it was fun, it, and that that's fun of it. That's the fun of it. I know the um the meatloaf I did was was pretty cool. Um, I was actually I, I planned to do it last minute, and I didn't have all the stuff I usually put in it. So I ended up actually, of all things, I was kind of short on vegetables. Um, so with that meat being a little bit more um, leaner, I cut it with some uh, bacon fat. And put some bacon on the top. But then I also, because I was short on vegetables, I actually seasoned it with kimchi, if you can imagine that. Mm. So um, I actually brew my own. Uh, I do a kind of a kraut version. Um, we were kind of 
so what I do is just kind of kim, uh, I just kind of chop up kimchi style vegetables, and uh, you can put those uh, kimchi seasonings in there. Just red pepper flake, um, some ginger. Oh uh, goodness, um, what else did I throw in there? Um, some sesame seed, and, and then you kind of pound it and let it brew with some sea salt, and it kind of just comes up like a spicy sauerkraut um, with some of that kimchi flavor in it, but. Uh, it actually, my wife kind of looked at me sideways as I was doing it, but, uh, it flavored up really nice. So along with the kimchi, um, instead of like doing ketchup stuff, I threw in some sriracha. Um, it it ended up being a really cool, uh, Asian inspired, um, meatloaf. And I would, I would suggest, um, y'all give it a try. Um, yeah, that sounds yummy. No, it was really good, and the kids the kids gobbled it up. The wife was happy to eat it, um, and it kind of brings me to to my first tip. Uh, if you're going to um, be searching for ways to balance out your indulgences uh, this holiday season, holidays is you know when you do eat well, you should eat really well. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's right. Like eat good stuff. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's, don't just you know. The scale works both ways and the and balance on you know, if you're gonna have cookies and cake and all that, you know, on the other end, balance it out with something awesome. And I can't think of anything better than, you know, uh a meal inspired by um wild game and then, you know, a fresh batch of fermented vegetables that you've geared up yourself. You know what I mean? So as long as as you're going out and picking up your cheesecakes and your fruit cakes and and getting your cookies ready, well, on the other end, you should do the other thing to find the highest quality ingredients you can in your cupboard for your other meals. Because the right. the the worst thing is you're busy around the holidays, um, things are going crazy, and then yeah, we know the snacks and the treats are coming, but what's also coming is the time suck that doesn't allow you to cook dinner. And then if you're having the cook cookies and the cakes, and then all of a sudden your Wednesday night meal is a stop at the, the McDonald's or the Chick-fil-A, well, you're double dipping on the bad side of the pool. Absolutely. You want to stay away from those um, those types of foods. Yeah, so I would I would say um, if you're going to be up in the – if yeah, up the up – the, um, up in the, the candy side of things, uh, we'll cook at home some more and try to have fun with that. You know, cook new things, cook exciting things, and try to cook with some some high quality ingredients that are gonna, you know, inspire a great dinner, not just um, not just a fabulous dessert. Well, yeah, and a lot of people. I mean, there's a lot of studies coming out about the processed food, how bad it is for you, and how that's a, you know could be a big reason why the cancer is so high and you know, the obesity and we're not getting the nutrients so people's energy levels are way down. So wiping out as much of that processed type foods as possible, is going to be way, way better for you. Oh yeah. And it's kind of, it's, it's pretty easy to do really. It's just a matter of discipline and doing a little bit of research and getting in there and, um, just using alternate types of oils and flours and butters and stuff like that. We've been going a lot more to coconut oil and Man, I love those on sweet potatoes, dude. Oh yeah, well that's a, that that's used, that's a pretty good staple. Where um, just you know when you're talking about you know what's that what's this what's the Thanksgiving dish that's pretty that people like? It's the yams with the marshmallows on top. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. great, right? I think it's okay. Um, pretty good. It's, it's a tasty one. I don't want to ruin anyone's Thanksgiving, but maybe this year go with the yams. But you know, 
get get some good grass fed butter and throw some coconut oil and some cinnamon on top and I I will and even you know you could even um, lace it with a little because it is the holidays rather than the marshmallows put a little brown sugar in there and um, I'll bet you um, it'll be just as delicious. In fact, oh one, yeah, one year we did a cool um, we did a cool kind of yamish um casserole and this was in hawaii so we had access to these okinawa sweet potatoes and the they're they're these purple ones and these purple sweet potatoes are legit they're they're a little bit more meatier um they have a white skin um you don't eat the skin or at least i didn't but you'd roast these things up and uh they'd get so sweet and um man we did that thanksgiving day casserole uh and i what i did is uh i covered it with mac nuts on the macadamia nuts on the top so it was macadamia nuts on the top and then on the the flesh of the potato as i just described was just roasted um roasted okinawa sweet potatoes with coconut oil butter touch of brown sugar and some cinnamon and um i didn't bring that home for leftovers i'll tell you what um (laughs) it, it was a good dish sir it sounds yummy. Yeah, so there's always little things you can do, you know what I mean? And, you know, I would just say the big one here is rather than go through, you know, rather than just get fired up, you know, to have cinnamon rolls and, and um, you know, you know your uh, chocolate baklava, um, you should, uh, you know, all get fired up too on the other end to cook and share, share some of these things. I know it was fun to put together a cool uh, meatloaf. Um, knowing that it was from an animal that, you know, a new buddy of mine worked so hard not only to harvest, but to fly it <laughs> for, you know, I'm sure he had, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he had better things to do on his airplane ride or get ready for his trip than to pack, you know, pack a Yeti as a carry on with 30 pounds of deer meat. Right. So yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of love, you know, there was a lot of effort in the harvest. There was a lot of love in the transaction. And then, you know, the last thing I thought the I could do to kind of close the loop on this was, you know, to put some real thoughtful preparation into it. And, um, it was good. It was a great little meatloaf. Um, do you, you eat meatloaf in your house, Jeremy? Oh yeah. My Michelle makes some of the best meatloaf in the world. She has like five staple meatloafs. She does. There's a Can you walk Mexican meatloaf one? and, um, stuffed meatloaf with guacamole and mushrooms and, oh man. Yeah. She makes a whole, what what is her? Have you watched enough to see what her meatloaf pro? I I don't really have. No. A, I don't have a meatloaf recipe as much as a, a meatloaf process that I'm very, um, very proud of because it's it's a pretty good meatloaf. It ends up being. No, I haven't watched her process. You know, we're too. She's a baker, mm. and so she does all of her stuff is just off the hook. And then I'm kind of like the probably like every household. I'm the barbecue nachos. The you know. I hear you. Kind of all the simple stuff, but I can look in the cupboard and go, this is what we're going to use here. We're going to use this and we're going to use this and we're going to use this and then I'll slap it all together. And she's more of a, you know, she's a planner. So she has the list of ingredients and she does it to the T and she just, oh man, back in the day when she was more of a stay at home mom, I'd come home every day and just always healthy meals. I mean, she's kept me to where I'm not like 400 pounds because obesity runs in my family so okay um so she's always cooked super healthy 
but I've never really kind of really watched her processes per se on a lot of it. Yeah, and I even think this idea of cooking healthy is really revolves around just cooking real food. You know what I mean? And, exactly. Um, and 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 you end up getting by if the focus is on real food. And when with, with your setup with the with the garden to the left of the house and um, you know uh, a freezer full of wild game, you guys are sitting pretty. Oh yeah, and we've always been pretty fortunate to always have wild game and um, fresh veggies good vegetables so have you gone into any thoughts on fermenting some of this or growing some fermentable vegetables i mean any vegetable i think can be you know you can i mean i've fermented carrots right so i mean you can you can do a lot um have you given any thought to trying to do any of that no no not until as of late you know ever since um we were talking about maybe the last podcast or the podcast before but since i've read that book peak man i'm like okay i gotta start introducing more fermented foods into my system so I'll I'll start looking more into that because last year I did do cabbage, but we did it for you know we make a cabbage stew. So, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, of it. you can do it in I I ferment in the I ferment in jars, so I just have big half gallon. Uh, yeah, I think I have full, I think they're full gallon jars. Actually, it might be two gallon jars. I have just big old ball jars that you know. Um, right now in my freezer or refrigerator, I have a. I have a batch of kimchi, like I was telling you about, and um, a batch of sauerkraut. But, um, and you can just really, again, it's just as simple as pounding out the veggies, throwing some salt on them, building up a brine, and then stuffing them in a jar and, and waiting. Um, so I'll be setting up another batch coming up here soon. But um, super easy. And, and as I said before, there, you know, you can do something like throw them in a meatloaf or, um, you know, I have them as a side dish all the time. Um, that's probably my favorite vegetable to eat. I just I think the flavors also will balance out some of the other things on your plate um, and uh, give it a go. But what do you what are you growing next to the house? Um, we usually have cabbage, onions or green onions, um, carrots, potatoes. Um, I kept it real simple this year. Cool. But they, I think that was it. But I'm building a way, way bigger garden next year. So I've cool. already got the plans to expand it and put it in a different area. So that the problem with where my garden is currently, the, there's a big uh, fir tree and it keeps dropping all these pine needles on there and puts too much nitrogen in the soil. And it's hard to keep all that those pine needles off of there. So I need to move it over and then get it out into more sun so that I can grow other stuff. Because I've tried corn and... A few other things, but it just it did not seem to like want to take over there. Where are you gonna? Are you thinking next to the? Um, are you gonna put it right out in front of the house next to the, next to the grapes? Yep, I'm gonna put them right out in front of the vines, and then I'm gonna I, I got to build a fence around the vines because my damn dogs ate about 100 and 150 pounds of my grapes this year. <laughs> Very yeah, <cool. laughs> they got. They got the the taste of it, and the new pup, um, Butte, he absolutely loved grapes, and he's a big dog, and I'll look out there, and he's, you know, on his rear paws up in the damn bushes eating them, or the um, vines eating the berries, so. That's funny, I've not, or heard, the grapes. Of, not heard of a grape-eating pup. No, they both do, too, and then there's piles of um, grape poop everywhere, and then, then I'm all mad because they're just... <laughs> in and out they're not supposed to it's not good for dogs to eat grapes oh no so well, no uh-uh. so you, now you're gonna have to big a build, build old fence around all that 
Yeah, so I'll build a big giant fence around it so that the dogs can't get in there anymore. Uh, and then just have a better garden. Then I'll get better water supply over there. And very cool. That's that's the other thing. The water supply on that other side just it just isn't working as as I wanted it to. No, very cool. No, and and I think just getting into just some high quality ingredients and fresh vegetables, and you know, getting into wild game or the best source of protein that you can you can handle and hopefully the guys listening to this podcast are tagging out and, and got some meat in the freezer. But, you know, again, that, that, that'd be the, that'd be the best way to go, um, in terms of balancing out some of the indulgences. So you don't feel so, so rough and so bad about it, you know, because they're going to come and, you know, the last thing you want to do is overstress it or, um, you know, you still want to enjoy yourself. You know what I mean? Right. It's just making sure that those uh, enjoying yourself doesn't um, doesn't just ruin um, the hard work that you've done all year, and then make the hard work that you want to do for the next year um, that much more difficult. So, well, yeah, especially with broken families now, or they're so prominent, and you have to go to two, sometimes three <laughs> Thanksgivings, or even when you're married, you know, you have to go to your family, your wife's family, and then your family, and then maybe you have a a split family and then so you got three or four thanksgivings and then all of a sudden you're creating this habit of just indulging so i think a lot of times it's maybe you just get in there and eat just that first plate just put a little bit on there and then wait 20 30 minutes before you go in for your second plate and you'll be surprised that you're not that hungry and then not going to indulge but the problem with when you have a full plate of food is just gobbling it down, right? Well, what Way I'll, too fast. What I end up doing though, too, even just to balance out the treats, is I I will have the I'll have the full meal and then dessert. So then before I can have another round of dessert, I got to have another round of dinner. If that oh, makes there sense. you go. So you yeah you, you roll you roll through it that way, and um, you know yeah. as the dessert portions get bigger or smaller, I make sure that the next dinner portion they they match each other. You know, so if I'm gonna have a big dinner, sure I have the big dessert. And then if that next portion of dinner is small, then that dessert's got to be small. So proportionally, I try to make the plate also, you know, I'm going to make things balance out. So if you can imagine your big old dinner plate, you know, a typical Thanksgiving dinner, um, you know, it might be, you know, a big thing of turkey, a couple slices of ham. Um, you know, I like to have uh, some kind of green at my Thanksgiving uh, dinner. So last year I did a big old batch of um Southern style collard greens this year. I'm going with a, a big thing of Brussels sprouts. So it'll be Brussels sprouts and then maybe mashed potatoes and then whatever else somebody is going to bring. Um, but then even going into that dessert plan, uh, the plate's going to be smaller. You know, I'm not going to fill up the same size plate. So maybe maybe a quarter to you know 15 percent of whatever that size plate was that's what the dinner plate's going to look like so proportionally i think if you attack things that way where just by the size of the plate if you don't allow and for simplicity's sake we'll just say a quarter of the plate if you don't allow the dessert food that you're going to be attacking take up 25 percent of you know, just your dinner plate and you make sure you eat all your dinner, well then proportionally you're doing pretty good. You're eating more good stuff than bad stuff. Yeah, exactly. Well, and you know, this is all common sense stuff to just not overeat, but it's it's tapping into that discipline and not creating a new habit. I mean, I fall into the trap almost every single year. Last year I did really good and this year I'm going to be on the same track, but um, man, it's hard. 
right? It's all that great taste and food. Everybody's there. You don't want to offend anybody by not eating it. And then yeah, try Aunt Jenny's, you know, apple pie. Try yeah. try Mr. Mark's fudge <laughs> extreme. You know, it's just like okay, okay. Well, let me try a bite of yours. You know what I mean? Um, you go well, and way. I'm known as the garbage can guy, right, too? So I'll eat all the – oh, give it to Jeremy. He'll eat it. Give yeah, it to Jeremy. Sure. He'll eat it. You're like the boy. So I kind of created this name for myself, and now I got to try to – oh, no, I don't – I don't. I can't overeat anymore. You know, I'm getting too old and butt's well, getting too big. I'll tell you another thing that folks could do that I think is pretty neat. Um, you know, I like how you, before the holiday season even started, like you got into some nutritional habits that you wanted to try. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so the cool part is for you, you're establishing a good routine that you like, and you've seen success with it. Um, and I think what's great is that success is going to be a much bigger motivator in keeping you from overindulging over the holidays, as opposed to what other folks do, or what I've had the tendency to do in the past, where you have you have between Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and even Halloween, you have a few months of just trash eating. And then all of a sudden you look at the scale and you look at your gains and, and you look at what you're doing in the gym and you realize that you've plummeted. So now all of a sudden your motivating factor is to play catch up. You know what I yeah. mean? And I just think that, that, you know, man, I feel great. I want to keep this up. So I'm going to limit what I do is a lot easier than man. I really enjoyed those couple meals. Now I need to fix everything I screwed up. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> exactly. so if you can yeah. get, get into something, you know, before the holidays start, maybe maybe begin um, a nutritional approach or tweak what you're currently doing so you can experience the good side of diet and nutrition before you overindulge, and then you'll have a reason to to limit to limit some of these. Um, you know, in, in indulgent category foods. Well, you know, and that, and that scale lies, right? When you're, when you fall off the wagon, you're losing your muscle mass and then it's turning into, you know, fat. <clears throat> and so you're like, okay, well maybe I'm only seven pounds heavier. But then if you look at your fat ratio, you're, you just in, you know, you pulled away that muscle, you added fat. So now you're extremely, now you got a lot of catch up to do because you got to turn that fat now into muscle and get rid of it. And, but you only in your mind you're only like, oh gosh, I'm only up five, ten pounds. That's not bad. Now I hear but, what you're saying. There's a bit of a yo-yo in body composition. So exactly. So so tracking so tracking what you're doing um, by more than just a scale would be helpful. Um, you know, I honestly when the way I track things is I'll just use the scale, the mirror, and the gym. To be perfectly honest. Um, yeah, that's a it, great measuring trio. Yeah, and it it. it you know, I know we can get into this tendency to maybe, you know, blood work, um, wearables, you know, wearable technology to give us a bunch of readings. I know a lot of folks are into, you know, Fitbits and the iPhones and, and certain things. But, you know, I, I honestly think the best thing you can do is to just pay attention to yourself with the, the simplest measurements. Because I think when you end up being reliant on these wearables, um, and, and this is different technology, two things. First, you know, a lot of that stuff can have a 20% variant in the data that it's giving you, especially in heart rate monitors at the high end of things. So if you're using a heart rate monitor to monitor your fitness, you know, um, you know, they could be 20% off and that 20% means a lot. Um, it's huge. But the other thing is when, when you're, 
and I guess the best analogy of this would probably be the GPS on the phone. You become aware, you become so reliant on the technology that you forget to pay attention to yourself. And um, we've all, I know me currently, I, if I don't have my, if I lose a phone charge in the car and I am, I could be 15 miles from home. If I don't have a GPS, I'm going to get lost, you know, (laughs) And, and that's, and you know, I can remember being a kid and when you, you'd have to listen to someone and talk to someone and give you directions. And yeah, you'd struggle a little bit, but I I remember being a high school kid, knowing how to get to people's houses. Now, you know, I got to plug the GPS in everywhere. And even to some degree, I check it all the time to see what the best traffic is. And it becomes a, becomes a crutch. And the same thing can happen with these, these wearables. If you're so dependent on heart rate variability, you know, different readings that are giving you blood pressure, you know, heart rate this, heart rate that, I think you become dependent on the technology and then that technology ends up um, being a master to you of some sort and dictating your behavior. And you, you kind of lose this kind of human sense where you're just, you're being creative, you're, you're letting you're letting your movement dictate things. And then you're also making some mistakes. And in that process, you're also doing some good things to your body where you're gaining an awareness for yourself and what healthy feels like to you. Not what some, not what some data point says on your iPhone. And I think that's a real dangerous place to go if you're over-reliant on wearable. So, you know, just, you know, gain, gain some awareness, I think of yourself is super important. And, and how that, that diet is affecting you or even those exercises are affecting you would, would be a route that I'd head. So, um, you know, how did, how did I get on wearables? Did I lose you, Jeremy? Hello? We seem to have a... I'm back. Oh, I lost you for a second. Yeah, sorry, buddy. I texted you. I had to go say goodbye to my wife. So, sorry, everybody. <laughs> no, I, I, I think you missed it. I went on a rant about wearables. I don't even know how I got on that, but um, I was just kind of discussing how um, it's important to gain an awareness. You know, we were talking about how to track yeah. certain progress, and I say just keep it simple and look into the mirror, get on the scale, and, and you know, if you can consistently train, look at your performance to where and don't fall into the trap of turning some data point on your cell phone um about your fitness you know don't let don't let your fitness tracker become like your gps on your phone i think that yeah that, no that's super and, important and those devices are only i mean they're they're designed for the generality of people right it's just for the mass and kind of just a scale to kind of keep you on track i mean my fitbit will say okay, you've walked four miles, but when I'm on the treadmill, the treadmill says I only walked 3.7. Sometimes it says I walked 4.9. And then I notice if I sit right here, I can add 2,000 steps if I just throw my, I throw a punt 2,000 punches. Yeah. Right? So it's kind of, like you said earlier, it's that 20% of, you know, it can swing 20% one way or the other, and it's not a true measure. And I 100% agree with you, I think. Looking in the mirror, you're you know, in the gym on the weights and how how it feels <clears throat> for whatever weight you're using for the particular muscle group. If you're decreasing, then you know that you're falling off the wagon a little bit. But yeah. 
And then looking in the mirror, that's been a huge one with me. And because um, I can see my weight has not fluctuated much, but I could see my body disposition is completely changing lately because I, I can get this tire around my belly. That's just how my family carries <laughs> yeah. their weight, right? So <clears throat> I get that old Dunlop effect and the fat Dunlopped over my belt. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but now that's kind of starting to shrink down and my weight's fluctuating about two pounds right now. So it'll be one day up to down maybe four, but it's, it's a huge measure as of before this time of the year, I would be two fifteen and not looking good. Yeah. Not that I look great, but you know, it's a. That's a great. That's, a, that's one of the best measures of success, and and just how I feel with energy or anybody. When you eat good, you, you and you work out and you stay on the wagon mentally, emotionally, everything. You you feel good because when you don't work out, you're not doing the things that you want to be doing. You kind of get harder on yourself, and you get pissed at yourself, and you get you know frustrated. And well, you're always playing, these, you're always playing catch up. That's yeah. that, that can be the issue where things go, you know, your your you know your energy's down, so you know you go to you go to some you go to some caloric dense treat to as a pick me up or caffeine as a pick me up, and then you get a little bit of work in, and then all of a sudden you have that little bit of a crash, and then you you repeat the cycle, and, and that can be rough. So again, I think that goes the the first point, you know, quality foods first, and yeah. and then that stuff on top of it, but. I, th- I think and going to even to your idea of uh, weight fluctuation, that's why too. Even when you whatever measurement you use, you want to be consistent about it and and make sure you're kind of doing it at the same time. And if you can have a consistent diet, um, consistent workout routines, and then a consistent time where you're going to measure things, then then whatever your measurements are, they're consistent for you, and then you learn to adjust in them. And I think that's also the positive way to kind of use these different gadgets if you're going to use them. Um, to measure certain things. And um, there's a really cool book that I'm reading uh, and that I will apply a lot of it into my health class that I teach. It's uh, called Unplugged by Andy Galpin and Brian McKenzie. Uh, check it out, but it talks about, you know, the downfalls of some of these wearables. Um, but it also gives some strategies on, on using them properly. I mean, um, you can use them properly, uh, but I, I would suggest to you know, technology is great for convenience, but it's a it's a really bad. Um, I think it's really bad if you let it be the master of your actions. If that makes yeah, sense, yeah, you can't live by it. Yeah, because you could end up dying by it. Sure, you, you know, I mean, wrong thing. You know, I mean, what's the you know what was it Jerry Seinfeld's joke that if aliens came back down and watched us walking our dogs, they they who they, who would they think's in charge? You know, <laughs> yeah. the dog's leading, you know, we're cleaning up the poop, right? But it's the same thing. Imagine if they came down and saw us all off our cell phones. You know, what What would they think? You know, they'd, Absolutely. they'd probably be considered, well, who's running the phone? You know, you know, who, who these phones are guiding all of our behaviors. Um, so, uh, and, and I can get as addicted to it as anybody and I can have really bad moments. Um, but man, you guys have some consistency and discipline around, around your, your, your technology. And 
I think to feed this back into just creating good holiday habits, um, you know, what we also end up doing is we have a couple of fun traditions around the holidays because the family is home. We always do a family workout together. We have a, we have a Christmas morning workout. We have a Thanksgiving workout that we do. Um, and that's always been great fun. And <laughs> that's awesome, dude. <laughs> no, we have, the, <laughs> we, great. we have the stuff in the garage and, and we do it. And I remember one year we were living in South Carolina. We had a bunch of people at our house sleeping over and we had them all, um, on the property, uh, running, running with us, doing the workout with us. And it was a group affair. And I don't know, I feel like food tastes better if you've earned it. I 100% agree. I mean, man, I love food. So if you know, you're going to be, demise. If you're if you know you're going to be indulging that evening, um, why not say okay? Well, I'm going to get up early, and uh, you know, get a little workout in. You know, I think it's all too easy to do. And control your eating prior up to the holidays, and you know, make if 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 you do the proper eating plan the day five days before, and then you know the four days after the holidays, then you can use it as a cheat day, and then you know then into, of course indulge. I always think you should have at least one cheat day a week so that way you don't um you don't get too hung up on you know you don't get burnt out yeah having that cheat day and and what's interesting about that cheat day too is that you eat good portions good quality food for 6 day and on your 7th day that cheat day whatever you choose that day to be you really end up not eating more than you want and then you actually eat it and you don't feel as good and then you're like that's why i'm eating healthy food hmm. so no it, it, that makes it makes sense and and i would even sway from the idea of calling it uh, a cheat day too because you know you know you earned a day or like yeah the, something like that you know, make it you know because you know we have a super weird relationship with food you know we can go to it <laughs> when we're sad you know it makes us feel better and you know and and even this idea of cheat day can be interesting. I mean, you know, you cheat on – you're not going to have a cheat day with your wife. You know what I mean? No. So why would you have right. a cheat day with your food, right? So, <laughs> um, so That's I, a good point, man. That yeah. word cheat kind of just throws yeah, – and that might be create a bad habit. Like you're doing – like you should be ashamed of it. You know, I don't think you should be. <laughs> yeah. Like if you're going to do it, do it because, yeah. you know, one That's of the things point. that I end up doing is – you know, I picked it up from Rob Wolf's first book, Paleo Solution, and I'm sure other nutritionalists and diet guys have mentioned this. But, you know, the 85, and it goes back to even my proportion plates on on my snacks when I'm going to do them. Proportionally, I know they're not going to hurt me because, you know, the, I kind of do operate with this 85, 15% rule where 85% of the time I'm going to do what's right. 15% of the time I'm going to do what I feel like it, you know, and, and, and that's just what it's going to do. But proportionally, I think it works out. So, you know, you can do that with, you do that with, if you do that throughout the week, or if you do that with a certain meal, I think you'll be fine because the, the, the ratios will be in your favor. But, you know, if it's just, it's what it is. And if that 15% is, even if it's not good for you in terms of what it's going to do to your physiology, or if it doesn't jive with your diet, if that 15% is something that you look forward to and it feels good 
then there are also health benefits there where it limits lower stress and you get endorphin release and there's there's really happy things that happen with that little 15 percent and um I, I just think sometimes maybe if you call it a cheat day you'll ruin that little 15 percent gain push so yeah maybe a new term for it. it's just it is what it is it, it's just part of it's just part of the behavior i wouldn't i wouldn't put a a stigma to it you know what i mean so that might be another thing no to try. i think that's a great idea man be another thing to try um to get into that one um but yeah i, th- I think we i think we rambled a little bit about a couple things some f- folks can do um uh, uh worthy enough uh jeremy for um uh, after action review. If, um, if I, if I, take, yeah. if I take, let me take a stab at what folks can do here around the holidays. And, uh, if, if I miss something in between, I'll let you close it up. But I would, I would start with, um, quality foods, you know, whatever that means to you, get the highest quality you can afford. Uh, for us on this cast, we're talking about sourcing wild game as protein and then the freshest locals veggies you can, you can find. Um, and then from there, uh, good habits, you know, um, maybe, Start your day off with some activity and along the way just have some simple um, personal markers that can help you keep track to make sure that you don't turn, you know, that 15% indulgence um, into um, a, a landslide that can make the the rest of your day a mess. So uh, that, that's how I tie it up. Jeremy, did I yeah. miss anything? No, I think, you know, just um, maybe get on a good eating plan prior to and afterwards and then um, enjoy that reward day. Yeah, enjoy it and don't. Yeah, exactly right, and that's that's what we ended on. And you're right too. Um, enjoy it, you know. Don't put, don't attach some stigma to it. I know I wouldn't be happy if I cheated on my wife. So no, <laughs> so. no. I think you know. I never even thought of it in that yeah. point on that how powerful that word is because words are very powerful. I mean, yeah. so. so what do you think the better word is than cheat day? A reward day or. Um, earned or gosh i don't know yeah maybe it's just something i'm doing <laughs> maybe listeners maybe shoot out to us what you think yeah, that a, word should be what's a better better term than cheat day i like reward day you know it's something you work towards and earn and then you can feel good about i like it um reward meal reward snack whatever you're gonna call it but i don't know it doesn't have maybe people just say cheat day because it does roll off the tongue pretty good it's just you know two syllables um you know, it's got a it's got a ch at the front and a whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's a powerful word. But people Gee. are people are super. It's like, yeah, but people are super attached to it. But you know, I just think it makes you feel naughty about what you're doing. You know, you know when you cheat, you 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 go you go to dark places and you hide in a corner and you don't tell your friends, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> you're gaining something that you didn't really truly earn yeah. when you cheat, right? Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> you're trying to get. It date, it's maybe it's just date night you know what i mean whatever it's date yeah. night you know date night with your indulgence you'll work it out but uh we'll ramble on that one um uh when you guys uh, hear this episode we will be um in the woods or just coming out of so wish us luck on that and guys with heavy backs yeah heavy yeah uh, heavy packs is what we're hoping on. So um, wish us luck. We wish you guys luck. Anyone going out for late season, whether you're toting a rifle or, um, or you got a bow in your hand, uh, good luck to you guys. And um, hopefully we're doing our part again to help you train, hunt, and live the best lives possible. Let us know if we're hitting the mark. And if we're not, uh, we need to know that too. Jeremy Day, it's always great, sir. Um, you have a good one. Thanks, brother. God bless America. Get after it, folks. <laughs> <laughs>